Support for the YBO podcast comes from the Digital Discovery Network, where regular people have real conversations. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Young, Black, and Opinionated. I'm your host, Christina Royster. And before I get started, I want to say, make sure you subscribe. Hit that subscribe button so you can get alerts about all my new episodes. And just remember to rate me on iTunes or Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast. And make sure you share this podcast with your friends. So on today's episode, I'm going to do Put Y'all On. I'm also going to be giving 10 career tips that I wish somebody told me because I had to learn these on my own. Now I'm sharing the wealth and I'm going to tell y'all what I've learned. And also we're going to end with year canceled because someone made a big mistake this week and it's actually like they got what they deserve. So I'm ready to get started. Let's get on with the show. So my put y'all on this week is going to be called Koku Social. So they're on Instagram, Facebook. Check them out. Basically, they are, they provide cooking classes at like restaurants and bars and stuff. You pay a fee and you get put with a real chef. And so me and my boyfriend were going to do the bartending class, but it got canceled because not enough people joined. So we got put into the pizza making class and, um, it was amazing. Like literally we made pizza from scratch. We made the dough and everything ourselves. And our instructor was like a world renowned chef from Australia and she's written books and all this crazy stuff. So we had an awesome time and we paid $85 for two people. So I think it was worth it. It was a two hour class. We got the recipe of how to make your own pizza. We made it, we ate it. We had like three slices each. So it was a really fun experience and I would definitely suggest Koku Social for a date night or you and your friends, whatever. Um, it's not just pizza. They had, like I said, the bartending class. They had a dumpling class. They have a pasta making class. And um, this is in New York City, by the way. I don't know if they do it in other places, but they do it at restaurants like uh, at different places across New York City. So definitely check that out. And also this weekend, I did my first escape room, and that was a total blast. If you've never done an escape room, you definitely need to do it. Because, I mean, it was a brain teaser, but, like, it was fun. We were working with other people, total strangers, trying to get out of a locked room for an hour. So, uh, yeah, we did make it out, and I would definitely give that a try, too. All right, so let's jump right in, because I have 10 career tips to share, but I don't want it to be too long. I don't want to bore you guys. But basically... I feel like these are like, these are probably like just everyday things that people already know, but I'm just going to say it anyway, because maybe you don't know, maybe nobody told you about applying for jobs and upskilling and what to do after graduation. It's graduation season. It's May about to be June. And a lot of people are out here with debt greater than I can even imagine and no job yet. So let me tell y'all 10 tips that I learned. By the way, I'm a year out of college now. Can't believe it. And um, I've been working since college ended, thank God. But I am, you know, always looking for new opportunities. And so these are things that I've learned along the way. I honestly cannot source 
everything because I just can't remember. But some things I can't remember where I hurt them. So I'll tell you guys who I hurt them from, where I hurt them. But a lot of this comes from LinkedIn Learning. Um, I was in the program Inroads, if you've ever heard of that, if you're familiar with that. So um, all this just comes from my experience. So number one is define your brand. So basically, perception is reality. Like whatever, you can't let people assume who you are. You have to show them who you are. And this is especially true in the workplace. Um, So defining your brand, I did this. I basically asked my friends and family, like, what do you think of when you think of Christina? They said creative, outspoken, self-sufficient, kind, good communicator, vibrant. And so this is your brand. You put all this together. And what I want you to do is write it down in a personal branding statement. So I would say, my name is Christina Royster and I am a charismatic, self-sufficient digital designer who X, Y, and Z. So write that down and plaster that everywhere. But also remember that visibility is crucial to career mobility. So you need to you need to remember, like, are you and your brand and your work being noticed or are you just being passed by for promotions because you don't get your name out there? So define your brand and publicize it, you know? Um, I just recently saw a girl create a separate Instagram account for her beauty techniques and stuff, you know? Like, get your name out there. Do what you have to do. The next thing is develop an expertise. So, like, basically... If I say that I'm a graphic designer, well, I can't just be a graphic designer anymore. You know, it's not enough to just be a generalist anymore. You have to carve a niche where others aren't. And this like will make opportunities come to you. So maybe I'm a graphic designer who specializes in typography or I specialize in um, handwritten typography, calligraphy, stuff like that. You have to have your niche. Like I'm not just a podcaster. Maybe my niche is black culture, you know? So... That stuff can really set you apart and make you shine against other candidates for a job. So basically, you can't just be basic anymore. You got to really have a niche. All right, so number three, relationships that you must have in your circle. Everybody always says, be your own CEO. If you're your own CEO, you need a board of directors, okay? That's everybody in your circle. So... Um, I learned this from a career podcast and I will try to link the name if I can remember, but basically these are relationships that you need to have in your inner circle. Okay. Are you ready? Because this will change your life. Cause when I found this out, I was like, Whoa, I need this too. A mentor, not just like when I say mentor, not just, uh, you know, a person you look up to or whatever, that's a role model. We'll get to that in a second. A mentor is really a spokesperson for you. That's somebody who's rooting for you. Someone who believes in you just as much as you believe in yourself. That's so important. It's not just you call them a mentor. Like, they're really advocating for you. They're helping you. That's what you need. Also, a role model, a board of directors. A board of directors is like experts that you can learn from. Are you learning anything new from the people around you? You need an accountability partner. If you say you're going to apply to three jobs a week, your accountability partner is going to make sure that you do that. People with shared interests. You need to keep these people around you. And also, you need a complementary partner. So this is somebody who's going along the same journey that you are going through. All right, number four. I call this walk it like you talk it. Because if you don't believe what you're saying, others will not either. <laughs> when you speak with authority, people believe you. It doesn't matter what's coming out your mouth. If you say it like with integrity 
And if you say it like you know what you're talking about, then it almost sounds like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and also, I mean, you may have heard this before, but um, when you're talking with somebody, it's only 7% of what you say matters. 38% is how you say it. And 55% is nonverbal cues. Uh, hopefully that adds up to a hundred, <laughs> but the point is people don't really care what you're saying. They care about how you say it. That's your tone. Uh, they care about the nonverbal cues, the nonverbal cues being your eye contact, handshake, uh, posture, stuff like that. And if you have that on lock, then the words will just fall into place. Trust me. You have no idea how many presentations I just stood up there and just, smiled and made it sound like I knew what I was saying when I really did not. <laughs> even this podcast, I don't even write down what I say anymore half the time. I just jump on the mic and um it comes out pretty well, I think. If you don't agree, write it in the comments. <laughs> All right, number 5, interviews. Y'all probably heard everything about how to dress, how to write your resume, yada yada. But what you need to remember about interviews is they are asking you to talk about yourself. And nobody knows you better than you. So what I want you to do is just be confident and talk about yourself. But not in a cocky way, because one time I was told that I seemed too confident, which I don't know how that's possible because I really am not. But you don't want to come off too confident. It's always about uh, what you can do for them. And you may have heard of the STAR method. When asked with that question like tell me about a time when and you're always like oh well I can't think of anything right now use the star method situation task action result that's all they care about they want to know what was the problem what did you do to fix it um because you know it's all about time and money companies want to know how you can save them time and money and oh another thing about just even before you get the interview is putting keywords from the job description on your resume because, I mean, this might sound simple, but I wasn't doing that. And my resume was not even getting on the desk of the HR department because they use an automated system. The automated system goes through resumes. And if you don't have certain keywords they're looking for, your resume will never even reach the recruiter. So make sure that you're just copying and pasting words from the job description on your resume. But don't lie. Do not lie about something you have no idea what you're doing because look, I studied web design in college and I know of it. So I put knowledgeable on my resume and they made me do a web assessment. And Lord, that was so hard. Google has never been kinder to me, I swear. <laughs> All right. And also when you're going on an interview, like they're watching you, not even as soon as you walk through the door, they're watching you as soon as you pull up in the parking lot. Somebody is watching you. So just put your phone away or turn it off. What I like to do is pretend to read a magazine in the waiting room instead of scrolling on my cell phone. Just, you know, look educated. Look like you're there for a reason. Read a magazine or look around the walls and pretend that you're interested in the plaques. I don't know. Just stuff like that. All right, number six, learning is ongoing. So that means hard skills and soft skills. You can always learn better communication skills. You can always learn uh, you know, new softwares and technology just to stay up to date because I mean, I graduated college a year ago and now there's even more new stuff out there that I don't know about. Like it's making me want to get some certifications and stuff in my field because times are changing and you need to stay up to date. Like honestly, a bachelor is not going to mean anything anymore soon. And that sucks. Cause I'm not trying to get my master's, <laughs> but 
You need to think like, what have you added to your resume in the last 12 months? If it's nothing, you have a problem. You need to get it together because the more knowledge you have, the more threatening you are. And this, I can credit to a guy named Rico Hall. I went to a conference and he spoke and he said, the more knowledge you have, the more threatening you are. Like nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can take knowledge away from you. So if you have all these certifications under your belt, if you have new skills, if you can say, I know this, that, and that, that will really set you apart from other candidates. So keep learning, continue to learn, learn something new every day. I read somewhere uh, that you need to spend like seven hours a week learning just one hour a day. And like I said, I've been using LinkedIn learning. Uh, thank God I have access to that through my job. But if you don't have access to it, just upgrade your LinkedIn account to premium. It's really worth it. Trust me. They gave you a lot of insights about careers. Um, but yeah, do LinkedIn learning or Coursera or one of those things, you know, they have free courses and you get like a little recognition on your LinkedIn profile to let people know that you took a course about branding or whatever it is. And it just makes you look like that much more serious about your career and your career goals. And so number seven, assuming that, you know, once you get the job, keep your career in check. Do not get comfortable. This is a problem where people start making a little bit of money. They get comfortable. They lose sight of their goals. It's like, oh, why do I need to go back to school? I already got a job. Or why do I need to get a better job? I'm good where I'm at. No, keep pushing. Keep thriving. Do not get comfortable. So you need to, like I said, stay focused on your ultimate goal. And you need to figure out what that goal is. Do you want more money? You want to earn a certification? You want to save the children? I don't know what you want to do. Stay focused on your goal. And put an expiration date on your job. And I know this probably sounds scary, but honestly, you need to know when it's time to move on. The average professional these days stays in their job for two years. Long tenures aren't admired much anymore, to be honest. If You know how it used to be like, I was with this company for 20 years Nobody cares about that when you're looking for a new job. They're going to ask you, why did you stay at this job for 20 years? Not congrats, you stayed at this job for 20 years. Um, so yeah, be mindful of that because nobody cares about that anymore. I mean, yeah, it shows loyalty, but it also shows that you haven't progressed in your career at all. Okay, so number eight is to create a plan. Once you say, hey, here's my expiration date on this job. What are you going to do next? You know, do you have a plan to your job application process or are you just haphazardly throwing things out there or are you just waiting for a promotion? Are you just randomly applying to jobs? One thing I learned, and this is so true, it is your responsibility, excuse me, to develop in your job, not your managers. Because a lot of us are like, oh, why am I getting passed up this promotion? Oh, why are they keeping me in this part-time position? They're not advancing me to full-time. Let me tell you something. These companies do not care about us at all. I could die today and my job will still ask me why I didn't come in. You know, like they don't care. <laughs> they do not care about you. And the only person who cares about you is you. So you need to stay focused on yourself and developing yourself because they're not going to do it for you. Trust me. Uh, my mom, matter of fact, my mom said like, oh, wow, I think I'm due for a raise. You think her job going to tell her that? No, they want to keep you where you at as long as possible till you wake up and realize. So yes, they woke on your job. Number nine, don't tell your salary requirement. If you are applying for a job or if you're in an interview, don't tell your salary requirement because chances are they going to go even lower. They going to go lower. <laughs> you're not going to get what you want. If you say, if you say your salary requirement, 
Unless you start crazy high, but then you're just going to look like greedy. But um, one good piece of advice I learned from LinkedIn, from a professional on LinkedIn was, if you're forced to tell your salary requirement, just pick a number and go 10% higher. That's your best bet if you are forced to. But most of the time, if I'm applying for a job, I'll leave that blank because I don't want to pigeonhole myself. So uh, just remember that. Don't even bother telling them your salary requirement. Say it's open to negotiation based on uh, the responsibilities of the role. Say that. I put that on a, a cover letter once or something. <laughs> oh, I wanted to talk about cover letters. Okay, first of all, I spoke to an HR professional myself and asked, do y'all even care about these cover letters? She said, no. She said, actually, I'm annoyed if you send me a cover letter. But some applications do require one. And in that case, what I need y'all to do is these five cover letter tips I learned from JT O'Donnell on LinkedIn. Look her up. Five cover letter tips. Number one, tell how you feel connected to the company. Oh, I like... Uh, I'm trying to think of something. I like Poland Spring because you guys implement a healthy and uh clean lifestyle, whatever. How the company has a unique product or service. Not only do y'all provide bottled water, but you provide the purest, whatever. How how are they unique? Uh, number three. Tell how the company approaches their business differently. So what's the difference between Poland Spring and Dasani? Like, how are they different than anybody else? Um, number four, in this cover letter, you need to say how you appreciate what they do and why they're cheaper, faster, or better. I specifically like Poland Spring because you guys have the same quality as Fiji water, but are cheaper and uh, yada, yada. At number five, this is how... This is how you seal the deal. You have to tell them how you get them. I get you guys on a personal level and why you should be part of their tribe. Add me to the Poland Spring family because I can do this for you. Nobody cares about uh what school you went to and all that jazz. Let me tell you something. All of us got the same piece of paper. What you need to do is tell them how you can uh, save them money and increase ROI. Stuff like that. Put terms like that. Yeah, sprinkle that in there. But don't use too much flowery words. I read that somewhere too. All that stuff, that's outdated. Do not call yourself an innovative self-starter. Nobody wants to hear that crap anymore. Just keep it minimalistic. Because you know what they say. They read your resume for like seven seconds. So um, that was just cover letter tips I learned. Because, yeah, when I started had to write cover letters, I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all. My cover letter was like five paragraphs. My mom was like, what are you doing? She was like, nobody is going to read that. And don't just repeat your resume and your cover letter. No, literally nobody will read it. They'll throw it in the trash. If it even makes it past the little automated system. So yeah, use those five tips. But anyways, back to number 10. This is my last final career tip I have for y'all. Networking. Dun, dun, dun. Let's talk about the dreaded N-word. Okay, not that. Not that N-word. That sounded so bad. Okay. Networking. Let me tell you guys something. I don't like networking groups that are like, let's all meet up for cocktail hour and it's just the same people from your city that you already know. That's not networking. What you need to do is network up. You need to be meeting with people who have the same interest in you and they boss and they boss. You need to be networking up. 
That's where that's what's really going to help your career mobility by networking up. And networking, it is mad awkward to just go into a happy hour and just be like, I'm Christina, I'm a graphic designer. But to be honest, it gets easier when you know who you are. So that goes back to that branding statement. If you solidify who you are and you know your worth and you know what you're doing, it's not hard to talk to people at all. If you really are all over the place and you don't really know how to define yourself, then it's going to be hard to introduce yourself to people point blank. So lock that brand statement down. And when it comes to networking, this is a piece of advice that I learned from Fonsworth Bentley. You guys may have heard of him. Um, he's like a TV personality. He was a speaker at a conference I attended. Um, relationship before opportunity. That's what he said. Relationship before opportunity. So you can't just walk into networking like, okay, what can you do for me? It's a two-way street. It's about what can you do for each other? Building that solid relationship first. Becoming friends or adding each other on LinkedIn. You can't just walk into like, okay, what can you do for me? Because that's going to turn people off. And finally, uh, networking may not pay off immediately. So I'm part of this networking group. Um, I've been in it for about four weeks, four months, sorry. And it's not like you're going to magically find your business partner right off the bat or an investor uh, at your first networking event. Basically, the advice that I was given is to politely keep in contact. So if you meet somebody at a networking event and maybe uh, you don't see how you guys could work together right now, maybe in the future you could. So just politely keep in contact and, you know, send them an email. Uh, I saw this article on LinkedIn and it made me think of our conversation at the cocktail hour. Uh, looking forward to see you again. Just stuff like that. Don't pester people like, hey, did you see my resume? Did you see my cover letter? Did you see? Did, did, did? No, that's annoying. Don't be like that. And, uh, well, I guess this is kind of an 11th tip I wasn't trying to go over, but speaking of that, like following up, I learned, um, do not follow up with the recruiter, like the next day after interview, you need to follow up, give them at least a week. Cause you're not the only candidate. They are interviewing other people. Give them a week and do not follow up on a Monday because the week just started. They are grazing through their emails. They have too many people to t- contact. Wait till like Tuesday. That's what, um, oops, that's what this lady on LinkedIn said. She's not just some lady, like she's a professional HR person. I'm not just taking random advice from people, (laughs) but hopefully these 10 slash 11 tips help somebody out there who is on their job search. And I know it might seem like just regular stuff, but not all of us are professionals with 10 plus years experience, even though that's what these entry level jobs want from us. Yo, that really get on my nerves when an entry-level job be like, must have three to five years experience. Okay, well, how do you expect me to get experience if you're not trying to hire me, though? So, and I hate the question, like, um, so why do you want to work here? Because I want money. Like, y'all hiring, ain't you? I want money. What you think? <laughs> you know what it is? Like, come on. I'm only here for one reason. I'm only here so I don't get fined. Um, but, oh, and another thing, since I'm talking about my little pet peeves about jobs and job searches, if I have to fill out my work experience one more time after submitting the resume, you have me submit the resume at the beginning. Then you ask me to fill out my work experience. Uh, then you ask me to fill out my last five addresses. 
I, I tell people this all the time. I really think that they do that on purpose. I really think they have these long, exaggerated applications to tire you out. So by the, by the middle, you're just like, I don't even want the job no more. Forget it. I don't even want to anymore. Like, I really feel like if I complete a long application, I probably just beat out like 100 people. Because 100 people probably said, nah, that's too long. But I do appreciate the LinkedIn uh, easy apply. I like that little click option. All right, so that was my career tips. Let's shift gears a little bit to you're canceled because someone was literally canceled this week. Um, so you guys know Roseanne Barr, the actress. Um, back in the day, she had her show Roseanne, did well. I don't know why, but they decided to bring it back this year and did a revival of the show. And this woman, I don't even know how old she is, 70-something. She old as dirt. Um, she still want to be controversial on Twitter. Like, what's up with these old people on Twitter, man? Somebody take their phones. Like, she she wildin'. She out here talking about um somebody that was... Hold on, let me pull it up. I dropped my phone, so hold on. Okay, so let me pull up Twitter real quick. ABC canceled Roseanne after following her controversial comments on Twitter. So, well, first of all, yeah, first of all, let me tell y'all what she said. She said, Roseanne tweeted that an Obama aide named Valerie Jarrett was the child of Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes. So then she gonna say, I'm sorry, my joke was out of taste. That, that was no joke. Come on, honey, you knew what you was doing. Come on, don't play dumb. Don't act like you got dementia just because you're 70-something. And so, Roseanne, you're canceled. Bye-bye. You're canceled. Literally, your show was canceled because ABC pulled the plug on your show. And I got to give props to ABC because, you know, these networks, they in it for the money. All these networks care about the money. They don't care about whose feelings they hurt, who they offend. I mean, they already aired the Roseanne episode where uh, the family was mad that a Muslim uh, family moved into the white neighborhood. So that was already in poor taste. But ABC, I guess, said, okay, we done with her. And yeah, she just ruined her own career. She was already irrelevant and now you're even more irrelevant. So Roseanne, you really canceled, actually. Like we won't be seeing you on TV again, hopefully. And it's funny how uh, this is really the final straw for people. Oh my goodness, Roseanne is tweeting racist remarks. Oh my God. But we have plenty of people in power who are doing it and they still got their jobs. But that's another episode. So thank you guys so much for listening. Remember to rate, comment, like, subscribe, share. Follow me on Instagram, Miss Christie, M-I-S-S-C-H-R-I-S-D-E-E. And Twitter, C-D Royster. That's C-D-R-O-Y-S-T-E-R. And since we're talking about careers, keep your Instagrams classy because I know you heard it a million times. Them jobs do be watching. Trust me. Um, I'll tell a story another day. But yeah, something happened with me and Instagram and jobs. All right. Talk to you later. Later.